a baby. There's a baby in the front. Okay. You're listening to The John Chi Show, hosted by three Korean-American adoptees diving headfirst into what it means to be adopted, Korean, American, and more. And now, here's your hosts, Nathan, Patrick, and KJ. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to The John Chi Show. We are here with another fantastic episode. It is I, KJ, along with co-hosts Nathan and Patrick. Um, fellas, how you doing? Great, great, I'm great. doing great. <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing uh, great. Let's just break into song. You never yeah. participate in the song portion, so I, I appreciate know, you doing I it. I, I feel okay. like, or if you do, it's like a beat too late. <laughs> we'll be like, like Patrick and I will do a song and then Nathan will be like, and also I'm here. <laughs> uh, but Nathan, since you That's are funny. here, what does John Chi Show mean? I mean, what does John Chi mean? What do we, why do we call ourselves John Chi Show? What are we doing? Welcome everyone. John Chi, we are John Ching. We are celebrating and feasting. No, actually. And banqueting. John Ching. That's banqueting. the new John form of currency. Official yeah. form of currency for the John Chi Show is John Ching. <laughs> Cha-ching. Um, and so we feast uh, at the end of our show on a snack or drink, but we're also here to feast on our our stories, our adoption stories and lives that we have lived and our guests. I, that sounds weird that we're feasting on our guests. Yeah, I was just, I was we're feasting like, with our guests. You make us sound like anime villains or something. We're just <laughs> sucking the souls out of people and their stories slurp, slurp, this, 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 to sustain ourselves. I mean, after so many episodes, I was trying to make it sound a little bit different, but I guess I can't. So I just made it sound more morbid. So sorry about I've that. I've heard the consistency <laughs> is key. Consistency <laughs> is king. Ooh. The patriarchy. Interesting. Hmm. So hmm. would you prefer consistency as queen in this case? Yes. Yes, queen. I would prefer that. I just felt like we needed to, to back out from that moment. You wanted to back out of that moment? I don't know yeah. if we could have went any further, to be honest. <laughs> I think oh, it was over. <laughs> we could have doubled down. We could have, I could have tripled down, and instead I decided to play us out. By the way, I'm back in charge of the soundboard, and it feels <laughs> real good. Okay, Look I've out. missed this power. Mm, I'll get my dad jokes ready. <laughs> <laughs> you are quick with it. I am not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you have that power back. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. um, looking forward to it. Uh, things I'm also looking forward to are Lunar New Year, specifically because I I don't know why. I think I, I just, like, the New Year's this year snuck up on me, and it wasn't until, like, midway through the day, New Year's Day, that I was like, dude, you know what food we traditionally have, and by we, I mean Koreans traditionally have on New Year's Day, is tokuk. You know what I didn't mm. plan to make at all? Tokuk. You know what I love? Tokuk. Tokuk. So I'm excited for, for New Year's because then I can hopefully rectify that mistake. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, yeah. I've made it a tradition where my kids actually expect it now. Um, so I'm definitely going to be heading to the store, getting some uh, some rice cake slices, and uh, yeah, I'm... Uh, yeah, I'll definitely be making it. So, wish I could make it for everybody. Maybe uh, I probably won't make it. I was gonna say I just need to to figure out when that is because I know it's uh, it's February tenth. So, 10th. Yeah. Um, Patrick, you will be with child, I believe. At I will point. have given birth to our child. Unless, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Uh, boo. I think that's how that works. But you will be with <laughs> child, hopefully. All things, I don't know. It feels like because Emily's do the first, right? Yes. So it's like. I don't know that you can go. Can you go 10 days? I don't know anything about childbirth. Mm. You know what? I'm just going to cut this part out. It's fine. But the point, <laughs> <laughs> the, the point is, uh, this will be your first Lunar New Year's with child. How does that make you feel? To be honest, guess? hadn't even thought about it right. <laughs> until you just asked me. And you were like, um, oh. I don't know. Like, baby's first Asian moment. Oh, baby's first Asian moment. The Lunar New Year, too. So they'll actually be last year's. They won't be a dragon. So what is it this year? Came, so, wood dragon. Wood dragon. No, so if yeah, if you're born after the tenth, you'd be a dragon. Oh, uh, so you're still within the previous lunar calendar. Correct. What was last year's? Or this year's? Uh a rabbit, I think. Yes, rabbit. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
That's I don't fun. see what type okay. of element. Hey, nice. Yeah. That is accurate. Ooh, good job. I'm out here. Um, no, haven't really thought about it, to be honest. Don't have any plans to celebrate. I will celebrate vicariously through you both and everyone else on Instagram. And yeah, honestly, hadn't even thought about it. Been thinking about a hundred other things besides Lunar New Year. Water rabbit. <laughs> Maybe think of water or chestnut, which I do enjoy in my <laughs> surf. Do you really? Yeah. I, I do too. I love we've, talk, we've talked about this. I do not. Like I think that. we have talked about it. Yes. Um, no, I have, honestly, I don't know. Like, am I supposed to do anything special for my kid? Like, is like dress him up as they're born? I don't know. <laughs> but I think they're too small. I don't think we <laughs> have like an envelope with some money. Sir, that's the draw of newborn children, is they're so small. Well, I know, but I don't have any like infant, newborn. Yeah, Lunar them, New Year wear. Hold up like a piece of red paper. I don't know. They're yeah, probably about the size. Just in front of their. They're like a eleven by nineteen, right? Yeah, just be like, look, it's I made them an outfit. I'm it's gonna assume humble. that I will be begging for sleep, as well as Emily will <laughs> also be begging. That's why it'll be perfect because you'll be like, this is. I'm totally sane. This total. This tracks. Right. It's red. It's fine. We're all fine here. Yeah. How are you? You, you know what? Deep in diapers. You know oh, what I will do? You. I will read a couple of these kids' books that we've gotten from people, from people, from people <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, so far, which I greatly appreciate to everyone who has sent us a book. Um, that was the thing that I contributed most to our registry. So I think I'll do that as celebration. Have you nice. thumbed through them at all? Not really. I mean, just as we get them, like I, I kind of take a look and then put them on the shelf and we've gotten literally a full shelf's worth. So um, I'm blanking. Uh, the one that I can remember is actually in front of me. I'm forgetting the title. Eyes That Speak to the Stars. Uh, mm -hmm. Joanna Ho's follow up to Eyes, Eyes That Kiss in the Corner. Kiss in the Corner. Yeah. Yes. I forgot the I title of that one too. too. I'm just struggling Sorry. out here. Something about eyes and doing. Well, I was thinking great, about books. I was thinking about friend and former guest of the show, Liz Kleinrock, who has a book coming out at the end of this month with oh, Joanna yes. called Eyes That Weave the World's Wonders, yes. which is essentially yes. basically an autobiographical children's book of her uh childhood, which is absolutely beautiful. So I'm ready. We actually no, we don't have our copies of that yet. We're waiting for those copies to come in the mail. I cannot wait to get nice. my copy. It's it's yeah. fantastic. She re, she do you have any? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say, do you have any of the Tiger Boom? Yes, uh, okay. Alicia Maddie, um, okay. previous voicemail leaver of the show, <laughs> um, generously gifted two that I was okay. un I did not expect, and so that okay. was really great. So great. I was going to say, I was going to send you some, but now that's good. I got to ask. Make yeah. Sure she sent two yeah. board books. Um, I think there are more than just the two, but that we got, but I'm not hundred okay. percent sure. So we got books is what I'm saying. Cool. Cool. Yeah. What's the, uh, what's the breakdown of humans to animals? Do you think in your book collection <laughs> right now? I think that it's like nine to one humans to animals, not as Ooh. many animal books, which okay. I think is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not mad about it. Although you did put books on your registry, so I'm sure that that helps like skew things, right? Yeah, we got a couple uh, Jimmy Fallon books, which oh, some yeah. people yeah, are excited I saw, about. Baby, are they? Those. Yeah, yeah. Dad, Mama. I haven't ever read them, but I, they yeah. get good reviews. But I've, yeah, I don't know. Funny. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, they're funny. They're All funny. right. Yeah, cool. I've just um. So I, my wife went to a baby shower recently, and. Uh, I was tasked with picking up a book and so I got one from Target and it was like my first time thumbing through children's books in a long time because all of my nibblings are kind of past I think most of those stages for the most part um, so I was just like oh yeah I don't, I don't even know I saw a lot of the Jimmy Fallon ones and um, Target had like a whole like here's some books for inclusivity and all that kind of stuff and um, which side note in Texas it's a weird time to be like are you going to, if I buy this book for you, are you going to read it or are you going to burn it? Uh, but, um, <laughs> it's kind of like, like that here in Indiana. So. <laughs> I, it wasn't, I was, I was getting a book for one of Sarah's friends slash old coworkers. So it's not like we've had a ton of interactions. So I'm just sure. like, I'm like, well, I know. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, it just made me think about like, you know, there were some classics like where the wild things are or whatever, but, um, I was just like, 
what is the state of books these days? And I got one uh, called Maybe, and I thought it was lovely, and the artwork is incredible. And but it was just talking about like you know maybe you'll grow up to be this that or the other, um, and like all, all these these kinds of things. And it just made me think about like what the state of books are for children, um, Patrick, since you are about to have child um, and be reading. And Nathan, since you have many children and have read and probably are continuing That's to read. way too many books. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, what's the... Maybe I should send you some of my used books. <laughs> I mean, I'll take them. I'm yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I, want. I want as many books as possible. Yeah. Probably be to answer, like, in furtherance of your question, like, the state of children's books, like, I've been listening to... Joanna and her co-host, Carolyn Pritchard, uh, they have a show called uh, Kids Lit Happy Hour where they talk to kids lit authors. And a lot of them are, they're they're just fantastic comments. Kids lit, like children's children's literature. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. I heard like kids lit. I was like, like like outlet? I was like, is that like a, where they have kids on the show and they just talk about books? Like, yeah. No, it's the authors of those books. Um, And it's really fantastic. And I've liked diving into it to just learn more about that particular industry because I, as we were starting to collect books and actually, honestly, as I started to go on this journey is when I really found out more about like what the world of kids lit is like now, because <laughs> all I could think of when I was thinking back was like Curious George and Dr. Seuss. Like those were mm-hmm. the kids books that I read. And then my mind immediately goes to like the chapter books that we read, which were boxcar children (laughs) and thinking about how that just lays the subtle, like orphan tropes within my, you know, subconscious a little bit in those books. But I feel like one of the things that's really, that really stands out to me is not just the story being told in words, but the art, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like the art has, is just fantastic in a way that is just, it's different. I don't want to say it's like miles better than what it used to be, but it's just like, it feels so engrossing to me. Some of these books that I see, and especially like, uh, Joanna's collaborator, his name's Dung Ho. And he has, I think illustrated all of her or most of her books so far. And the, the things that, that he produces are just fantastic. It is just absolutely beautiful. And, especially thinking about like Asian representation in a kid's book. Um, just to see that reflected on this page like this, it like brings me to tears, you know, a, a little bit when I'm looking at them. And I feel like we are seeing, I, I, Nathan, you probably have more, can speak to this more, but I feel like we are in a much better place now than we ever were. Like when maybe we were growing up with what's out there for kids books. And it's not just from an Asian community perspective, but just all communities. And that's really what I want to like load the shelf up with is with just as many different stories, different perspectives as possible. Um, So my kid can see those because I was not seeing those. I was seeing the very stereotypical representations of what was in kids books, but I don't know. I'm sure you can speak a little bit to, what's out there and what you really enjoy too. Yeah. I I've been fascinated with a variety just the, of, of different types of books. Like you said, from the ones that I grew up with, I mean, I did, I had the same, you know, Dr. Seuss and kids books and yeah, sure. There's, there's, um, there's other books out now that, that follow like the TV shows and things like that, that the kids like tons of Disney, you know, we have a lot of those, but, uh, I've, I've been finding a lot of really good books at target, um, Target mm. actually has has specific, you know, when they have sp- special months and stuff, uh, they they do like like Black History Month. They do, you know, like uh, showcases for um, you know authors yeah. and stuff that you know that uh, fall into those categories. And I think that's wonderful because then it gives you the opportunity to go, oh, look, here's a section of all of the books that I'm you know I'm interested in looking at and, and seeing which ones I do. And then and also what you said, the artwork. I, I almost. Sometimes I think the artwork is too good because, I mean, it's great for us, but I think my kids don't really look at it or appreciate it or see it. And then I'm like, oh, are they, are they just passing through the, you know, these like beautiful pictures and, and just uh, do they need something more simple? But sometimes I think they, they really do get entranced with it. Um, I found like, you know, the, the kids books, I love the ones that rhyme, you know, it's mm. probably why Dr. Seuss was so popular <laughs> back in the day, but um i like these these one series or there's a ton of them but uh sandra uh boynton i think is her name but 
Um, she just has some really funny kids books that have like animals in them, like pigs and, and cows and ducks and things like that. And I don't know, they just, they rhyme and my kids still to this day. So, I mean, I've had these books now for six, seven years and I, you know, I just, uh, you know, read them to my, you know, my first child and then my second and then a third. And so all it, it's gotten a lot of use and, uh, um, you know, I almost know these books now by heart. So I'm, I'm curious to see if they will remember, um, those types of books, um, you know, down the road, but, uh, well, I think it's nice that they have something to like come back to as well. Like I'm like discovering these books for the first time, these authors, mm-hmm. these artists, and these particular things that are available for literally children. And I'm doing the, discovering them as an adult and to think that they can grow up with these and then come back to them. You know, I could, I even think about if I were to have some of Joanna's books when I was in middle school or like grade school, I just did an episode where I was talking about one of my experiences, my first experience with racism in grade school and thinking about how I could, if I had that book, if I could go back to that book and look at it, feel seen and feel mm-hmm. a little bit more validated because it, the, the racist joke was literally about my eyes. So like <laughs> these, that's what yeah. these books deal in. And it's just like how much, how impactful they can be in like the, like the ongoing impact of these, this type of literature, this type of, of, I don't know. I was going to say media, which I guess it is media, but this type of, yeah. I guess, representation within books is, is really nice. And I'm excited for my kid to have something like that. Yeah. yeah. And it, it normalizes a lot of the fun stuff that, that I didn't know as a child myself, like, um, you know, uh, Bibimbap, there's a book, you know, about that and that's really good. And, uh, kimchi, no kimchi for me. Um, you know, I, the fact that there are some Korean elements that I can pass, even though my, we have Chinese books and Japanese books too, for, you know, from my wife's side. And so actually my, my daughter is picked out. She specifically would go to the library because we have, like I said, way too many books that we've bought. So now we're going to the library and just renting them <laughs> so that we can return them. Um, but my daughter picked out a book about Chinese new year. Nice. It was it was her own doing, and you know she just went. I want to read this book, and it it's kind of like um, um, it's kind of like some of the Tiger Boom books where it's in two languages, where it gives the mm. English version and it has the, the the you know the Chinese pronunciation for it. So I, I thought that was really cool. Of course, I'm not pronouncing any of the words correctly. I think, but uh, you know, it's I'm trying, and maybe that's enough for them at this age i don't know so i like that the pronunciation is there because if they point out like what's this say i'd be like uh <laughs> like give me a second <laughs> <laughs> like google what hey, does google, that? Yeah. Google. Yeah. google you're not gonna know google is now teaching my daughter how to chinese but no yeah. it's uh i love i love the variety out there so um and my kids are avid readers so well, I uh, I went full Jerry Wan when I was picking a book. Um, after editing a number of Dear Asian American episodes, I, I just remember being like, oh, yeah, there's like percentage wise, there's a lot more books about animals than there are about people of color. So maybe we right. can like do that. Uh, but I was like, OK, again, Texas is a white couple. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I went with a book that I I thought the artwork was gorgeous um, and I didn't know the author, but I was like, oh, Yamada, that's an Asian name. Um, so I was like, I don't know if they're like Asian or Asian American or what, but, uh, the book is maybe by Kobe Yamada. Apparently he's an award-winning <laughs> author. Mm. Uh, he wrote, what do you do with an idea? And I was like, oh wait, I know that name. Uh, so yeah, so I'm just an idiot, uh, and ignorant, but, um, the book is really cool. And, and the art style is cool because the, the main character is like gender fluid or like gender non-specific, specific, I guess. Um, and so like when I read it, I could see a little boy and when Sarah's friend who she carpooled with read it, she was like, oh, I see, it looks like a little girl to me. And like, I thought that was really lovely. Um, and it was just really interesting to, to read that. And then I, I did a quick Google while y'all were talking and he is an Asian American author. I was like, oh, great, cool. Nice. Um, but yeah, it was just like, it was interesting because, um, and maybe, maybe we missed a trick by not having, uh, Sarah Park doll on, on the show for this one, but, oh, um, <laughs> like, cause it's kind of like her specialty, but, <laughs> but, um, we like, it just to your, like kind of what you you guys were talking about. I was like, yeah, how much of this like sticks, how much of that, these books that we get read, like continue to shape who we are. Like, I know that there's a lot of, talk in the adoptee space um obviously because of books like the primal wound and things like that it's just like yeah we're our body holds on to trauma even if our minds may not necessarily remember that and all that kind of stuff but like how much do books can books really um 
help shape who we become and you know like and patrick to your point like what we go back to you know like if we were to go back to that like does that help or any of those kinds of things i don't know just it was just really interesting and it's a lovely book um but i was just kind of like oh man the state of children's literature and like how formative that can be maybe even in like how much does it inform like the zeitgeist when the kids grow up to be you know 30 40 50 you know and like kind of culture influencing so younger than that and you know but in that in that range you know it's just was yeah. an interesting kind of conversation yeah i uh that's one of the reasons and i know not everybody is this type of reader but one of the reasons i like a physical book and i realize that kids books are not definitely going to feel the same reading it on like a kindle <laughs> or like <laughs> or just like a digital version and that's why they're all physical copies but You're like, like oh, even no, the screen now time is all books it's fine yeah but <laughs> i guess i guess when I was growing up, we obviously didn't have like digital media, like digital books um, to read. But I think that's what I, I I've always wanted like a physical book because I like the tactile feel. Mm -hmm. And Emily gets on me sometimes because like I take up the shelf space because I just keep <laughs> buying books. And the reason is, and I don't like get rid of some. And I like I, I appreciate people who are able to like let go of these things. They get through them and they you know trade them out, gets different things, <laughs> go to the really library even. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just like I do so much like um, marking up and Annotating. writing in the margins. Yeah, um, and I just love to be able to that I can I know I can go back to that and. I don't know if that was born out of like just having those physical books when I was a kid, but uh, I don't know. It's just like, I like the, it, it feels like a tether almost. And it feels like something I can, especially when I started reading books about adoption and the adoptee experience, it's like these, I've tried to get away from calling them Bibles, but I keep, I feel like that's the best way for me to yeah. describe it. It's like, these are my Bibles. Like upon this, I build upon this rock. This is where I build my church. <laughs> Get religious, baby. Um, Take me to church. <laughs> like those are the foundations for me. And I love to be able to just grab them and be like, I have notes in my notes app, like and about all of these books, but I love to be able to just go and look. And I don't know, something about that is feel, I don't know, just feels like it just ties me to the actual work and the community beyond that. Yeah. Yeah, no, my my kids like both. Like I said, we have tons of, of regular books. Uh, the Kindle, however, is working really well for traveling and they have like the kids version. And he's been reading all these books that are like comic style. So mm, like Captain books, Underpants. I like Captain Underpants. Yeah, Big Nate, um, those types of things. And uh, the kids actually started calling me Big Nate recently, which was funny. <laughs> um, Who is Big Nate? I've never heard of him. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's like a comic here. He almost looks like, like the Calvin and Hobbes series in a way. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, um, he gets in trouble and things like that. So they've actually, I've had to, um, they've I'm actually read a few you things. <laughs> they've read a few things actually in that, that were, uh, I don't know. You know, he's just, a, yeah. he said a few words that they've repeated and I'm like, okay, we're not going to say that. <laughs> 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 so now I'm kind of worried about these books, but um Oh, yeah. Going back to that Big Nate, you know, it was kind of funny. I actually was called Big Nate in high school. Um, my One of my English teachers used it as a, an example of an oxymoron. Because I, I was kind of small. Yeah, yeah that's I know. super I know. unfortunate. It, it is. I think back to that moment and I thought, oh, it was a nickname. It was no big deal. But, um, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, not a nickname I would still use today. <laughs> so. Yeah, no. I feel like we could dive into that real quick. <laughs> I don't know. That might go in a Take different direction therapy. than the kids' yeah. books. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I just, um, I guess, especially like <laughs> along with like Baby's First Lunar New Year, like, um, and the and the kid book thing, like, have you, what have the conversations been like with you and, and Emily um, around like how Asian or how early do you have some of those conversations? Like, I think for me, going back to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, where I was not coding as Korean for these other mm. Korean American girls, I was like, what does that look like to be in a, to grow up in a household of color? <laughs> like, sure. How do you, how do you handle that? Like, how do you uh, prepare a child for like their, their racism radar so that it's like, ready to go because like for me i'm like it wasn't until patrick i heard you 
in this episode be like, oh yeah, my first race experience was when I was young. It was about my eyes. And I was like, oh yeah, wait, I think I had one of those. But like, otherwise, <laughs> like, it's just like, I don't really like my, my radar right. is very broken and I'm still working on repairing it, you know? So like, but like, yeah, just like how Asian do you, how do you, how do you make a child Asian for lack of a better term? Yeah, I think that one of the things I'm really excited about with having these kinds of diverse books is that it helps to like foster that conversation without me having to be so direct yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it like allows it's like an accessible entry point and then they have the reflection and then it's like you don't you hopefully maybe you're not asking those questions within their minds, but I guess the biggest thing is just so I guess from the from a conversation standpoint, what we've talked about is just being open and willing to explore Korean culture, Asian American culture together. And in the same way, I think we've talked about this on an episode before, but Emily and I had a conversation once where we were talking about, she's like, well, what's my culture? You know, it's oh, just like, yeah. is it just like right, whiteness right, right. or yeah. like whiteness isn't mm-hmm. necessarily culture. American is a, America <laughs> is a culture being American is a culture, but it's like, it feels America in particular, I feel like it strips away like where you really came from, like your true heritage and roots. And we've talked about like it would be fun, I think, together as a family to explore those roots as well, like those Germanic roots that she comes mm-hmm. from too, yeah. to get that history and then to just because they're going to be mixed race and they're going to have that anyways. And it doesn't to me as much as I want them to be proud of being Asian and, and you know, live into their identity is that. I want to also acknowledge all parts of them. And so that's going to be part. And so it's kind of goes back to what I was struggling with um, from an identity standpoint for so long. It's like me not being able to connect with Korean culture. I think this is probably going to be my in and it's going to be a way that we can explore and celebrate together in a way that I feel like I just am again, still struggling with a little bit. We just talked at the top about Lunar New Year, and I'm like, I ain't doing shit. <laughs> I'm not doing nothing. You're like, what's, um, the, what's the rice soup that we have? Right. <laughs> but I want to be able to share those moments with my child, and I think that's one of the ways we have those conversations. And I can't – it would be naive of me to think that we're not going to have conversations about the bad stuff that happens that comes with being – a person of color, a person of global majority, a minority within white spaces. But we're also trying to, again, we've talked about this over and over again on the show leading into these moments that we want to cultivate a more diverse community than either of us grew up with. And at the end of the day, too, that doesn't mean we can't explore still like those Germanic roots that her family comes from that is part of her like actual true heritage, culture, cultural history as well as exploring Korean culture, Korean community, Korean heritage, and then the broadly Asian American stuff, you know? So I think that's the, what we've talked about a little bit is being able to do this together because even for both of us, it's kind of new. It's kind of, it's, it's a learning process for each of us to be able to start exploring those things in ways that we haven't before. And for whatever barriers there are, maybe this child is going to be the person that breaks the barriers down for us. So I think that's what that looks like. What about you, Nathan? Have you, how did you and Allison approach that? Um, yeah, I mean, for us, we've tried to teach them about both, you know, all three of, uh, their ethnicities and, and, you know, culture, but, uh, I mean, I guess that's, I had another question after this, I guess oh, I'll yeah, yeah. answer your question Sorry. first. I didn't mean to just spring a question on you. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I was just interested in hearing like, how you how you all approached it, because you've, yeah, had, I mean, you've done it three times now, so or sure. been in the process <laughs> of doing it three you're times. just continuing it the one time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we talk true. about it, and it's, it's actually funny, because there are some families in the neighborhood that also are Korean. Mm. Um, also, there's an, also an adoptee in the neighborhood, and so her kids are also, you know, um, half, uh, you know, Caucasian half uh, uh, Korean. And so then there's some others, actually a lot of them are um, now that I think about it, but uh, we just met another one recently who was actually uh, half Korean and half Hispanic. And so, you know, we're, we're finding more um, of these mixes in in the neighborhood and it's, it's, uh, it's good because we tell them, Hey guys, you know, we're we're not, not their kids. We tell our kids, it's like, yeah, (laughs) you're half Korean, like your friend over here, you know? And we, we try to just like, 
let them know that there's like similarities and that they are, um, you know, not alone and that there are, there are people that have multiple, um, you know, mixes out there that, you know, they can relate to. And, uh, um, but I was going to ask you as, as, a as an adopted adoptee and as your adopted side, are you planning on teaching anything about your parents side? Well, that's a good question. I actually had not thought about that. Um, I think it kind of goes into exploring Emily's cultural background. I've actually, I've been interested a little bit in having those conversations with my parents. And I think that because I don't know, I think that might be end up being a podcast conversation. I'll just be like, come on the podcast. We're going to talk about that uh, because I want to <laughs> capture for content. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, we never really talked about it when I was growing up and I can't ever recall really having conversations about that with them or even with my grandparents. And I think that's something if I were to have regrets, that would be one of them with my grandparents specifically. I wish I would have asked more questions about their specific like roots and cultural heritage. I know there's a little bit of Irish, a little bit of German in there. Just take a DNA test and find out. Them take a DNA test? No, you. Or, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Oh, I didn't know that you were 99% Korean, too. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. Like I think that's – maybe that's something we can explore together, too, in that way. Mm-hmm. So – Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough question, yeah. I think. It's it's something that I, I've taught my kids mainly more – that this is who my parents, we, they go by Nana and Papa. So we was like, this is where your Nana and Papa come from. And this is their background and stuff like that. So I, I kind of teach it more along the lines of, because they, they've asked, they like, why, sure. you know, why do they not look like us and, and stuff like that? So, um, hmm. so I, you know, ex- of course we've explained that I'm adopted and that, you know, and all that stuff. So they, but they still want to know where they came from because they love, uh, you know, my parents. And so we were just teaching them a little bit, just about, you know, history, just, you know, culture, genetics, and where people come from. But, uh, but then we, you know, when we talk about genetics specifically, we, to them, we say, no, you guys are half Korean, half uh, quarter Japanese, quarter Chinese. So, um, and then, you know, if we go deep into it, you know, my, my wife is like fourth generation Japanese and third generation Chinese. So, you know, they're still very Americanized as well. They don't have a whole lot of, um, you know, traditions that they kept, um, or celebrated in their family. So we, we try to, you know, just explain that everyone does different things. Everyone's been here for different t- amounts of time and everyone has traditions that not necessarily may be their, you know, their background. They may have inherited these traditions. And, um, and it really it comes down to whatever your family wants to do is, is right for you. So, yeah, I think it's just, um, it's, it's interesting, like talking about this because w- essentially we're talking about belonging who gets to belong Mm. what what it looks like to belong and how to normalize having those conversations you know and i think that patrick to your point and i I think we have said this on the show um but it's good to reiterate like sometimes like these books give us a natural way in when maybe our communities aren't as diverse as we would like them to be and yet we want to have uh, want to pass on a mentality and uh, a grace to who gets to belong and who is a person and who, you know, is worthy of, I don't know, love and affection, you know, all that kind of stuff and, and having uh, a nice and easy way. Cause I think part of it is like, we have the benefit of sitting here at 30 plus years old uh, and talk about these kinds of things. But when you're a child and you're like, you're not thinking on like a political level, you're not thinking on like any of those kinds of things and all of these nuances that we bring with us. So it's like, well, how do I do this so that hopefully like you're aware, hopefully you're uh, able to just like accept and and love and and all those kinds of things while also you're like learning how to use a fork and spoon for the first time, you know, or like learning how to use chopsticks and you're like, oh yeah, actually I do think about you know, the political whatever, ramifications <laughs> of how, how I will vote when I turn 18 or, you know, whatever. Uh, so yeah, I, I, it's just, a, it is a never ending, fascinating conversation. And I think it's interesting just because like the mind of a child is literally so young and has so like infinite potential, you know? Right. Um, and so it's just like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's, it's kind of like if we could go back in time, what would we, 
teach ourselves, you know? Um, so, and whether that's, you know, like you have your own kids or you have nibblings or you have friends who have kids and whatever, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I think that we all come in contact generally with children. And like, if we choose to engage with that, then it's like how much, whether it's reading them a book or you're being present at like a birthday party or, you know, whatever, it's just like how, for however much interaction you have with child, um, how much of that, can you be intentional about like, what do you leave them with? Do you just like, Oh yeah, I'm right. just like a fun adult. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. Like, Oh no. <laughs> like also let's talk about loving people or, you know, I don't know all that, all that stuff. It's just endlessly interesting to me. I think it's interesting in the sense that you think about becoming a parent and that's like exciting. And it's just like, there's just general excitement about it. But when you, as I've gotten like, now we're in that literal end game, it's like, okay, there are three weeks left uh, as a time (laughs) of recording. And, um, thinking about, and this, I've been thinking about a lot. It's like, you know, what am you talk about? What are you going to leave for them? What are, how are you going to do X, Y, Z? And it comes down to like modeling and, and for me, and it's just like, the responsibility that it is of like, really, it's like really hitting me of like what this is going to be. And like, how am I going to be this model for my child? And like, I cannot, again, a few weeks ago, I was kept shouting out therapy because it's gotten me to this point that I feel like (laughs) I feel very ready to do that. But I also feel the weight of the responsibility and thinking about how, Oh, I used to think about being a parent as just being like, oh, yeah, I would love to do that. That would be cool. And really not giving it much more thought than that. And thinking about that version of me, not probably a very good parent, to be honest. Um, And like, he probably would have figured it out. But I think this version of me is ready to actually do so and knows the way of what you're supposed to be actively, what you should be actively modeling, how you want to be a parent, how you want to leave or build the foundation for them to then grow into their own person and not try to like impress upon them, like who they're supposed to be or who they should be, but just modeling who you are as a person. And hopefully they pick up the good parts of that and incorporate that and then grow beyond and become, you know, the best version of whatever it is that I was trying to be. And hopefully also don't have the 30 years of baggage that I'm currently trying to unpack right now. Well, so. just, you know, they'll have different baggage. That's true. That's true. <laughs> they'll, well, they'll, be ha- they'll have a combination of both your pros and cons as well as Emily's pros and cons. And that's the thing that makes um, watching your kids grow up is, is so interesting to me is, is my kids – do different things and they're they're all different too that's another thing is all kids are different so their personalities will pick up on different things um that each of us does like i i said my kids i have i'm not a huge i don't curse a lot in my, in my house um you know i i have in the past but i really don't um allison a little more here and there but not that much none of my uh Two, out of the three kids, only one of the kids has actually said a bad word, and it's more recently. And so it's just kind of like, funny. You stop like, reading big names. How did that big one? Names. How did that one kid pick? No, it wasn't. It wasn't him. It was the middle. Of, LOL. It the if six, it was, it was there's the a curse year. word in Big Nate, though. So, yeah. Um, and so it's just interesting what they pick on up on, and and I guess. You know, going back to what you said, KJ, too, and, you know, having just an open heart and being kind and this and that, I think one of the things that I've always tried to do is just be there for the kids and and answering questions if they have any questions about where I came from or about who I am or about what they would do in certain certain situations and just being uh, able to communicate and talk to them. And that's, the you know, um, I think for me, the the biggest part I've had, you know, these my kids uh, over the last seven years now, and there's three years of that was during a pandemic. And so mm. I, as much as, um, you know, uh, that, that was such a horrible thing. I had a lot of time with my kids during that time at home with them. And, um, so they picked up on a lot of things and, uh, um, who knows how that's going to be, if that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing. Cause I definitely have changed a lot of the, the, the parenting, um, process from my oldest to my youngest, um, also one being, uh, you know, a boy and one being a girl too there. So I've also kind of, 
um, changed some things, and I'm sure you will fine tune your parenting skills as well as you go go along. Um, nope, but <laughs> nope, stay in exactly. However, the same. I am. Exactly. Yep. This is this is the peak of my parenthood. Yeah, <laughs> pre parenthood is the peak of my parenthood. <laughs> Yeah, we took a parenting class. It was three one-hour classes, and now we are we are one hundred percent certified, certified Bro. parents, professional parents. <laughs> this is gonna be a breeze. Oh, get ready for that meconium. Classic. Well, I mean, by the time this episode is out, I might very well be a parent. Oh, so it's true. It's very it interesting. I'm really excited about it, and I'm excited to see what my life looks like in three months after that. Even one month after. Good God, three days after. <laughs> three days after. You'll be like, are we doing anything for Lunar New Year? Wait, Anyways. Did you have a Red Bull? Do you want some more Red Bull? Because I got a Red Bull. Here's a Red Bull. <laughs> You're like, hey, Emily, do we have any red construction paper? I need to make a, a humble for my kid. <laughs> and, and, then it's, and then it's just me hang, holding a piece of red paper in front of them. Happy yeah. Lunar New Year. Happy, hooray. We did it. Say hey, Bog Money. Lunar we New Year. are alive. We <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, on that note, before we freak out too much, let's uh, take a break and come back with a snack or drink item that you eat or drink. Eat, drink, drink. In your mouth. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Welcome back to the John Cheese Show. It is time for a snack. Um, we are diving into. Well, I did not say anything funny. That no, time. I just I had like queued up the ballpark. I thought you're gonna ramp up like it's time for a snack. Oh, but then like you see. just went down. Then I was like, well, I went straight into it right. this time. <laughs> yeah. oh, so anticlimactic. I'm sorry. It's it's a thing. I was trying to be straightforward for this one. Um. I have no clue who makes this, um, but it is a Korea. Yeah, made in Korea, NH Trading Company. So whatever that is, but it says it's a Korean rice chip and it's an onion flavor rice chip. It's onion time. It's onion. So I it does, it looks like a wheat thin, and then there's a big old giant onion on the front. So I'm gonna say it tastes like a a, a rice cracker. <laughs> Wheat thin, I guess. Ooh. But, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of oh. there's a lot of hangul on the front, so I don't know. There is a lot of Korean on the front. Yeah, I have no clue. Oh, the only thing that I know is yangpa mat, which is onion flavor, but specifically, pa is like the Korean word for green onion. So in Korean, oh. it would just be onion, and then Western onion is how they do it. So right. this is the Western onion, young okay. young well, I've got some Western onion crumbs on the outside of my seal. That's okay. Is you it? You opened it. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. Because you cracked it's open the It's not all the way open. No, but, but that, it's that, outside of the seal the zip, seal. No, but the Ziploc is for resealing. The other part is for the sealing that you just opened already. Well, the crumbs just fell into it when I opened the Ziploc, so now yeah, it, I have fine. to eat them anyways. It's fine. It's probably just rat poop. <laughs> You're probably just rat poop. <laughs> Doesn't smell too strong of onion when you take a whiff. It's not like what I thought it would be. I didn't know what it's, I thought this would be. This Honestly, actually, this might be exactly what I thought it was going to be. This is very crunchy. In my head, I was thinking like sour cream and onion. It I was thinking bad. wheat thin. There are no but sour cream. Just onion. I don't hate it. So that's what I said when we opened the watermelon drink day three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I should have looked at the ingredient. The number two ingredient is sugar, and that's definitely apparent because it's almost like a sugar coating. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can. Yeah, hmm. I feel like I can taste the sugar. Yeah. Um, fifty-one carbs. Actually, wait, that tracks. That's all right. Yeah. One serving per container, though. Hey, 4.3 nice. grams of protein. Um, I'll just read the first five ingredients just because it's interesting. <laughs> Premium content. Rice, sugar, onion, fermented soy sauce. One. But then it goes, one, <laughs> fermented soy sauce, two. That's confusing to me. Why is there a fermented soy sauce, one, and a fermented soy sauce, two? 
Are they, they like just different like two different vintages or something? Yeah, two types of soy sauce. Hmm. That's like there's um there's like soy sauce like we think of like classic Japanese brand Kikomen soy sauce. Yeah. Maybe it's not a Japanese brand. <laughs> LOL. I know that they was have. like not a Japanese brand. Uh, but then there's also like a soy sauce for soup that's different that's used yeah. in the aforementioned tokuk, and that's a different version of soy sauce. So maybe they're using both types of soy sauce. I mean, they could have just said like light or dark or medium or something like that. But yeah, medium. Wait, what's a, what's, what's me- a medium soy sauce? Uh, color soy sauce. There's different colors soy sauces. Like they're like different. There really is dark soy sauce, light soy sauce, and then like a regular medium soy sauce. All right. So there's the like a see-through know. soy sauce, like not see-through soy sauce, and then one you can kind of see through. There's like a light yeah. beer, an amber, and a Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Kind of. There's like a mild, a medium, and a hot. There could be even more than that, but <laughs> doubt it. Just, these are just the ones I see. Small, at the store, medium, so. large. <laughs> I have so much sauce and in my size. refrigerator right now. What kind my of sauce you got in there? Lo- List off three. Well, obviously this, the oyster sauce, the <laughs> chili paste, the uh, gochujang. I got, <laughs> I got tons. Trust me. The whole half of my refrigerator is sauces. I actually got a second refrigerator for just drinks, for your sauces, for drinks. <laughs> oh, for but drinks! Then it, but then it took over. The sauces took over, and now it's half sauces, half drinks. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's real unfortunate. <laughs> is this what I have to look forward to when I become a dad? Uh, no, sauce the, fridge? the deep freezer with breast milk. That's what you have to look forward Dude. to. No. <clears throat> what I what I want to know is. At what point do you transition into your parents where they just have like super old expired condiments in their fridge for like way too long? Oh yeah. Like when does that transition happen? I don't Hopefully know. never. I'll let you know. I hope so. I clean out my fridge. Well, my fridge has some old stuff in there. I clean it out as frequent as possible. And it's like, oh, this is old. Like by a month, I throw it out. Oh, and you put it in a box and you send it to us. Yep. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> You're like, oh, Sometimes. I forgot about this snack. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> It's aged like a fine wine. All right. So I've had enough of these to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, similar to the watermelon, it started uh, – actually, not similar. Similar in whatever. It started okay and got worse. So for me, it probably started at like a three and a half. I'm going to give it like a two and a half. Oh, straight I down the middle. I don't love the mouthfeel, what it's done to my breath. Uh, the the like the sugar glaze on it. Yeah, like I'm not not a big fan of it. I wish it was sour cream and onion. I don't know that the onion. This pa the young pa mat not napayo napayo. It's bad Napayo. flavor, bad Western onion flavor. So two and a half for me. All right, I'm gonna give it a three. I think it started at a three and it stayed at a three. It wow. didn't get worse for me, That's but really it did not get better. You. Generous yeah. for me. Mm. That's, that's I, I think that's valid. I, I was actually going to say three as well because it's not. It's a little better than average. Um, the sugar glaze surprised me because I did not expect that at all because I didn't read the ingredients before eating it. I guess. Um, I, I like I said, I was sold that it was going to be a wheat thin style cracker, but um, I'm happy that it's not too oniony. But it's a rice uh, chip. I'll, Why did you think it was a, a wheat thin if it's a rice chip? Because wheat thins the, what, make rice chips like. There are wheat, rice wheat thins, just so you know. That feels but like lying. I know. No, they're called rice thins. <laughs> I, that I made up. I don't actually I know. I knew you were going to say that. They do. I swear they do have one, but. <laughs> okay, well, while Nathan's I looked it up. It's called Google. Good Thins. Okay. Good um, Thins. It's called Good Thins, and it's a rice cracker. But, uh, now that sounds made up. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but yeah, the onion flavor over time just isn't isn't doing it for me either. So that's why I didn't give it any more than a three. So I just feel but, like it gets kind of like cardboardy, but in my it, mouth, it all, it's almost like a cereal. And then yeah. when I think about yeah. a cereal with milk and an onion, it just makes me gag a little. So yeah, we established earlier this year that I'm not a milk person. So <laughs> yes. So, well, there you go. 2024, the year of the mid-snack so far. 
yeah, so far. Not, so uh, far. not great. The year of the declining snack. The, the year of the declining the first, snack. First impression, okay. Later impressions, waning. Eh. Well, I'll say it again. I'm running out of running running out of snacks. You've been saying that since year one of the show. Yeah, I think you started saying that like after week six. You're like, I don't, I don't know if there's a, anything there's else to buy. Any more no. Actually, that's not true. Probably it was like a week one was like, yeah, okay. Week six was like, oh yeah, I'm excited for like so many of these snacks. And then like two months, you're like, yeah, I got, I got nothing else. I got nothing else. <laughs> well, I just hope some of these companies create new product and uh, then I can get those. So. I appreciate you getting snacks for us. <laughs> yes. If I haven't said it before, I'm saying it now. Uh, you I appreciate say it every you. time. Yes. Do I say it every time? You, you well, say it a lot. Okay. You say it a lot. It's well, a, that makes me feel I good. remember it and I appreciate it. Thank it's you. the thought that counts. So, well, I appreciate you. But I, I, also, I enjoy going to H Mart, so it's okay. We know you do. If it says new on it, it's going in the cart. That's canon. <laughs> um, and I appreciate all of our listeners out there. If they want to continue listening, they can do so wherever you get podcasts and even on YouTube. Uh, if they want to follow along with all of our exploits, they can do so on any social media account at John Chi show. If they want to reach out to us and send us lovely voice notes, they can do so. do to do so at nine, seven. Well, I've already forgotten the number. Nine seven seven six seven seven. No, <laughs> what is it? Nine seven two six seven seven eighty eight sixty seven. Okay, nine seven two six seven seven eighty eight sixty seven. You can also send us an email to johnchishow at gmail and visit our website johnchishow.com to see all the cool, wonderful things that we have there, including aprons. Um, so maybe where? I was thinking about where my apron was hanging up. I don't know where it is. Uh, it's somewhere, and I will start using it. Because I just remembered that I had it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, including those aforementioned podcasting platforms and or YouTube. If you could leave us a rating or review, we would greatly appreciate that as well. It helps people find the show. helps people know why they should be listening to the greatest Korean adoptee podcast in the world. I was just going to say in America, but I Ooh. like that confidence. We're the yeah. greatest Korean American <laughs> podcast in the world. 2024, baby. the year of the brag. <laughs> <laughs> we are out here if you want to follow along individually you can do so with me for me at me at patrick in the world wherever i want to be found on the internet who me you can <laughs> who, me? hang out conmigo at kj relke wherever i want to be found on the internet which is some mm. places mm. i am on facebook still and uh, nathan Nowak and and Nowak on instagram what what's gonna happen the day you just change your name, your Facebook name to something that's not Nathan Noah? That would just be I great. don't know. Yeah, to, be, to Big Nate, thrilled. and then it's like you change your name too many times, it's locked in forever. And you're like, frick. The Big Nate, no curse words, please, or no bad words. I guess we don't know what Big Nate's saying. Only Nathan knows. What if it's Big Nate, but it's Big N, and then asterisk, asterisk, asterisk? No, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's right, a, I'll that's put a my foot call. down on that one. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. All right. Well, another one in the books. I probably have a kid. I'm probably not going to be on the next <laughs> few episodes. I might be, but I might not be. Goodbye it depends forever, on, It depends Patrick. on how good we do pre, pre-loading. That's true. Mm, yes. Yeah, so. It depends on the preload, which we should have a few. You should still be hearing my voice. But if not, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate everybody's support. Speaking and of depends, get ready for those diapers. Speaking of depends, <laughs> we just got some more diapers. But I appreciate both of you. And all of the work that we've done here on this show over the last three years. And I'm excited to keep doing it. But for right now, I got to go to bed. <laughs> all right. Johnji, nice. hey-o. Hey-o. <laughs> Johnji, good night. Oh. Or good morning, depending on when you're listening to the episode. 